0: ongoing pandemic, bioengineering is more important than ever. This podcast, hosted by me, will teach you more about bioengineering and how it relates to you. Grab a cup of coffee and get ready to dive into these topics. This episode of Bioengineering and Coffee is about the basics of bioengineering. Bioengineering is the application of engineering principles to biological systems. For example, in genetic engineering, genes are modified or manipulated often using tools like CRISPR. In synthetic biology, scientists seek to use similar tools to redesign organisms to create a new substance, such as proteins, or perform a new function. Now, today with me is Dr. Ali Huang, the co-founder of BioBits, and we'll be discussing some of the products which are designed to educate students about molecular and synthetic biology. Dr. Huang, thank you so much for being here today. And yeah, take it away.
1: All right, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk more about synthetic biology in general, as well as you know what BioBits is and how it can be used to help educate people about biology.
0: Yeah, so um, first off, could you give a brief description of what synthetic biology is?
1: Yeah, so synthetic biology is this field where we are taking what we know about biology and using that knowledge to either modify existing natural biological systems or design and build new systems uh, for a variety of different applications, whether that's you know medical therapeutics, um, environmental biosensing. Uh, one example of a synthetic biology application is biosensors. Uh, So just like, you know, how an electrical sensor can sense something about the environment, like something moving, and send an output signal, like a beeping noise, we can also build biosensors from either you know, modified organisms or biological systems uh, to sense things in the environment, say like toxins or heavy metals, and have it produce an output signal, something maybe like a green fluorescent protein we can see glowing green, so that we can detect what the biosensor was able to detect. So that's an example of how synthetic biology uh, could be used.
0: Synthetic biology seems like an exciting field. So why do you think it's important for people to learn about synthetic biology?
1: Yeah, so a lot of these synthetic biology applications uh, could have really huge impacts on uh, everyday human life, especially everyday human health in the future. Things like gene therapy or CRISPR, and I believe it's really important for people to understand at least at a really fundamental level, how all this works. So people, even if they're not scientists, can make informed and scientifically sound, you know, evidence-based decisions for themselves and others.
0: Yeah, of course. That's very important. So is there something that you find most interesting about synthetic biology?
1: Yeah, so the most interesting thing I find about synthetic biology is that it's such a highly interdisciplinary field, right? It's not just a field in biology. It combines a range of ideas and skills from biology, from physics, from electrical engineering, computer programming, etc. So you really need people and expertise from all these different fields to work together to develop these successful synbio applications. So I feel that is a really interesting aspect, that it combines so many different fields to come up with different solutions and applications. It's
0: interesting that synthetic biology is this interdisciplinary field, and it seems to have a lot of potential. With that said,
1: are there some common misconceptions about synthetic biology? Yeah, so... Uh, Misconceptions. The majority of the common misconceptions are misconceptions around how basic molecular biology works. Uh, For example, what's DNA? Uh, How is it used in your body? Uh, That is one of the most basic things you can learn in biology, but if people weren't properly taught it when they were in school, or they forgot, or they don't fully understand it, it'll be really difficult to fully understand how these synthetic biology tools work. A lot of the fear from synthetic biology applications like CRISPR or, you know, even the current mRNA vaccines for COVID come from not fully understanding how the biology behind these technologies work. And that was kind of the, one of the main driving motivations behind, you know, developing lab activities that will help students and people just understand biology better.
0: Right. So I can imagine that BioBits would be Really useful in teaching people about these concepts. And so can you explain what bits are and the technology behind them?
1: Yeah, so kind of taking a step back. So a lot of the processes and reactions that happen in your body happen inside your cells. And in a lab, we can model these different biological processes to understand molecular biology better by using model organisms like lab-based bacteria cells. And there are some classroom activities out there that do use bacteria cells to teach students basic molecular biology concepts. However, these activities can be pretty time-consuming for the teacher to prep, expensive to buy, require the classroom to have a lot of equipment like shakers, And incubators to keep and maintain the cells. And these labs also require many reagents that don't last a long time. So unfortunately, many classrooms simply don't have the resources to do something like this. So biobits. Biobits is based on something called cell-free technology. Basically, they're reactions that have no live or living cells in them, But instead, they have all of the molecular machinery that the cells have. So they can still perform many of the processes that live cells can. Um, This is another example of synthetic biology, right? We understand all the different parts that make up the cell, and we've taken the molecular machinery out of the cells and put them in a non-live cell reaction that can still do these processes that the live cells can. And furthermore, we've actually freeze dried these reactions, um, and that makes it even more stable than your typical biology reagents, which typically needs to be stored in you know super ultra low minus eighty freezers. Um, if you've heard about the issues of transporting mRNA vaccines and need to be kept super cold, that's an example of biology reagents needing to be kept super cold. But because we freeze dried it, they're now shelf stable, which increases their accessibility, Uh, they're easier to ship, they're easier to store. And this makes them a really great alternative model to demonstrate molecular biology. Now you don't need all that expensive equipment. You don't need the teacher worrying about how to grow and maintain cells. All the students have to do is pop the tubes open and rehydrate these freeze dried reactions. And they can do a variety of different experiments that showcase a lot of different molecular biology and synthetic biology concepts. And again, cell-free technology is a really great example of synthetic biology. It's taking something that exists in nature, repurposing them for a useful application. In our case, we're using Biobits cell-free technology uh, and applying it to biology education to make it more accessible to more people.
0: Wow, I would love to try those lab activities someday. Uh, So what's your inspiration behind developing these Biobits lab activities?
1: Yeah, so I remember, you know, back in high school, I didn't fully understand biology until I got to college and actually got to do experiments in a hands-on lab. And I remember wishing that I got to do this while learning about biology back in high school. And I loved biology in high school, but I didn't really truly understand it until I got to get hands-on with the ideas and see them for myself. And I also noticed that there weren't actually that many hands-on molecular or synthetic biology activities out there, especially ones that are are more accessible to many classrooms. So I wanted to fill that gap in the educational hands-on experience, hands-on experiences. And so when I was in grad school at MIT, I was in Jim Collins' lab, which did a lot of cell-free technology applications Or things like diagnostics. And I thought, hey, cell-free technology is simple to use. It's more shelf-stable and more accessible. Why not apply it to education? And so that became my project, taking this cell-free technology and applying it to education. And then as I was working on that, we realized um, that there was another student at Northwestern Uh, Jessica Stark in Mike Jewett's lab that was working on a very similar project. So we decided to team up. And so Jessica Stark and I co-founded BioBits together. And while we were both in grad school, we released a couple of papers prototyping examples of different lab activities that could be done using Biobits, as simple as expressing brightly colored fluorescent proteins that students can see so they can understand protein expression, all the way up to having students actually use biosensors to be able to detect whether or not, you know, a DNA sample came from a strawberry or came from a banana. Um, And so it covered a lot of different ideas all the way from basic molecular biology to advanced synthetic biology ideas and when we graduated we wanted to take these prototypes and actually get them out in the world so people could actually use them for real in the classroom and so i teamed up with mini pcr bio brought the biobits project over to that company which already was doing a lot Uh, with making biology more accessible, and was actually able to uh, start turning these prototypes that I developed in grad school into actual lab activities that students could use In the classroom. Um, And it's been really great and really inspiring to see all the feedback, all the positive feedback we've gotten from teachers and students and parents about how this really helped increase student understanding about biology as well as increase their engagement and excitement about science in general.
0: Yes, I can imagine that's very important. And what areas of molecular synthetic biology do these lab activities cover?
1: Um, again, so understanding synthetic biology is going to derive from understanding basic molecular biology concepts. So, the first BioBits lab activity that we made available was an activity that visually demonstrated the central dogma of molecular biology to students. You know, that is how genetic information found in your DNA is transferred to RNA and then transferred to making proteins. Understanding the central dogma is key to understanding virtually everything in molecular and synthetic biology, so I thought that would be the best place to start. And subsequent lab activities uh, will cover further topics building on these ideas, uh, protein structure function, uh, antibiotic resistance, and we also may revisit some of the other prototypes that we talked about before to get into synthetic biology ideas as well.
0: And is there a specific target audience for these lab activities?
1: Yeah, so we feel that, you know, anyone who wants to learn more and understand more about molecular and synthetic biology could use these lab activities. We've seen the most use of them at the high school level, but we've also seen people use them as young as middle school or as advanced as the college level or even at home for personal learning and for adults to learn more about biology.
0: Right, as a current high school student, I can imagine these lab activities would be really helpful. And so um, current standard high school science curriculum is pretty light on biology. Do you think we need to reconsider what is taught at school?
1: Yeah, so I believe it's not just about what is taught, but how it is taught. Like I mentioned before, I learned so much better when I actually got to do these experiments hands-on rather than just reading about it in a textbook or listening to a teacher lecture. So I believe schools need to integrate more hands-on learning and inquiry-based learning into their curriculums, uh, BioBits, and you know the other labs that MiniPCR Bio has are all behind this mission, the idea of making science accessible to everyone everywhere.
0: Right, yeah. Educating on this about molecular and synthetic biology is a very important mission, and it's something that I would be interested in doing as well. So yeah, thank you for being here today, Dr. Hong.
1: Yeah, thanks for really having helpful. me. Yeah, yeah. Hope this will help people learn more about synthetic biology and what biobits are.
0: Yeah, it was great to hear about it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and tune into to the next episode. Well, we'll talk about CRISPR.